Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. Slam the Gavel podcast is being sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code slam the gavel for 60% off your first year of urgent assist available in all 50 states and this is the most excellent program i have ever heard of <laughs> great success this week i have another announcement bradley's mother narcus golan passed away in the fall of 2022 bradley is autistic and needs structured and routine therapies he receives for his autism six days a week however italy just entrusted bradley to the italian social services if he is ruled to go back he will face the next three to four years in the italian foster care system where he can speak or understand the language he will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. Also, go to the site pleasedoyourjob.com. We need 2,500 more signatures on the petition. Pleasedoyourjob.com. Now I'm re- Bringing on return guest Mark Andrews. He was last on the podcast, season two, episode 80, season three, episode 13 and 23, and season four, episode 116. And we had talked about the cesspool of corruption of the 21 years he has suffered through court, through 76 hearings and 15 judges later. He had been in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in California with fraud on the court. Also, Mark has not seen his kids since 2008. I welcome you back, Mark Andrews. How are you? And, you know, what has happened in your case since you were, since we last spoke, which was not that long ago? I'm doing well, Marianne. Um, I want to thank you for the spot tonight on the show. Um, And uh, yeah, what happened? So the court summarily dismissed the evidence of fraud upon the court and then tossed us out of court calling us insignificant which i believe is kind of their way to try and avoid you doing an end bank petition but they didn't list anything that was of legal substance as to why they dismissed us and how do you have a fraud upon the court claim and you go and dismiss the evidence of the fraud mm-hmm. it's something you know it's I, I mean, I kind of get why they do it, but I also, it's like, it, it baffles me. It's like, if if you've got that clear evidence, don't you want to shut it down? You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, but Eric and I are uh, working with John, our investigator, and uh, currently we got a call yesterday. Uh, the local police department uh, went down to do a follow-up interview uh, because we had posted, we had um, sent them over emails that we got from the transcriptionist who doctored the transcripts. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said she knew right where they were, which was what she uh, isn't what she told the police officer. But when she, when he went over, I believe it was yesterday or the day before um, 
the transcriptionist had acknowledged that there is now an investigation by the transcriptionist bureau and that she did have her notes, but she couldn't uh, release anything while the investigation was pending. And then she invoked a lawyer. So uh-huh. sounds like we're getting closer to some form of proving. We're going to see what happens. Also, the police department's going to see about submitting the complaint itself because it's clear evidence. I mean, you can't get much clearer than we have two copies of the same transcript. Same date, same time, same hearing, not the same. Mm-hmm. And that's a felony. So we're hoping that they're going to send the complaint up to the DA's office and we'll see what they do. Well, they should send the, the complaint right up to the DA's office. That's that's their job. Well, see, that's what we were thinking. But um, we're talking with the officer. Like he said, well, she said someone else did it. I think as an investigator, because, I mean, I work with about 15 of them. My next question would be, where are your books and who did you pay for this job? You know, Mm -hmm. pull it out and tell us if someone else did it. If not, you signed on the dotted line and you put your license up on that page. So it's kind of you're holding the bag of chips when the song ended. Exactly. So when you presented this to the police, what did they say? Um, You know, when you send over these emails and, and transcriptions and, you know, did they try to blow you off at first or not? Well, the first time we went, I went in and um, we had Eric on the phone and Eric, you know, and told him, you know, hey, we don't want you to be flat footed, you know, because we're taking this to the media. We're doing our best to get this, you know, going. It's not a it's not a subject matter that comes up every day, um, but it does, I believe, happen many times in court. Um, they brought down a detective. Um, her and the officer took the evidence. They went, I guess they called the DA's office. And then came back in and said, yeah, we're going to take this. And the local officer went down and interviewed her. Uh, he said she seemed confused uh, that the, you know, the um, records had been purged, that they'd gone up to an analog system. There were a bunch of different excuses, but she couldn't give him one at the time, um, meaning a copy of the transcript, because then it would have been one or the other. And we would have then had firm you know, it was actually a criminal act. Um, so we pushed a little further. Our investigator, John Gavello Investigations, um, put together the emails and stuff, re-emailed it to the officer. And um, yeah, they went out and had a second interview. And that's what we came up with. So it's a good thing to know that the state is now stepped in. It isn't just the local PD, but the state transcriptionists, um, I don't know if they call it a bureau or what they call it, but they're looking at her licensing because we are asking to have her license revoked. Uh, I don't blame you. Uh, Because they don't get paid a whole lot. I mean, why would you jeopardize your job like that? Well, thing, I I mean, Eric's even said this to me. He goes, who the hell reads the transcript? You know, he goes, I can't think of the lady goes the last time I can't even think of when I read a transcript. I said, yeah, Eric, but when I read the first transcript, there's that little four line section in it where she says, you know, Mr. Andrews, I'm going to take that as an oral motion for a hearing. And it doesn't compart with it's not in the court summary from the court clerk. Uh, The court clerk didn't lean over and give the judge a date and time because 
That's who schedules that hearing. Mm-hmm. I'm represented by an attorney. What do attorneys do when you when you're offered a hearing? They ask for the date and time to check their calendar. Right. And make sure their clients there. And I who started off asking for my hearing and was told that I wasn't entitled to one <laughs> would have asked for a date and time. So mm-hmm. it was clearly on the first transcript that there was an addition and it was provable. And it was two years into it that um through Mr. Southwick, who's mentioned in the transcript, um, he said, order another one. If they doctored it, see what they do. And when we ordered the second one, lo and behold, my ex-wife is missing and the county is now the petitioner. And I'm in pro per when I'm clear, when according to the record, I'm clearly represented by county council. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, I'm sorry, not county council, but um, the, the public defender's office. Okay. You know, the, the attorney they give you there in court because it was a contempt matter. So, I mean... We have the evidence. It just hasn't been completely investigated and adjudicated yet. But somebody's going to get caught doing this. Whether she sits down and says, hey, the judge told me to do it. Or, you know, this person told me to do it. Or I hired somebody and I don't know why they did it, but they did it. You know, we're going to get to the bottom of it. And we hopefully um, all the times will mesh with the court so that we can, you know, have a a fair and just outcome for a for our motion to to reopen the case and be heard on its merits you know me marianne i'm I'm a long time fighter i don't give up right because you know a lot of people would have quit by now and i'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that this has happened to and they just you know they're just too tired and too beaten down to fight back I've I've had two people contact me recently from looking at the video of the um, transcripts and I, I felt bad as I got to come back. It's like, you just sent me a stipulation. You agree. Now, if you don't like it, you know, po- you know, um, check with a lawyer, make sure that, you know, you have a change in circumstance, but you can go back and ask for, you know, different, you know, a change in things, but you agreed and you can't be sitting here saying the court did you wrong. If you agreed to it. But do they come back and say, well, I didn't know what I was signing. I didn't know what I've seen. I've seen that or I've seen, you know, somebody left out some pertinent, you know, information that would have made it all the difference of whether I signed this or whether I augmented this. And you want to help people, but um, you can only do so much. Everybody's case is unique. Everybody's cases um, have different facts. Although we all sing the same story because we we've been put through the you know grinding mill, um, but you know if you can get a hold of a lawyer, even if you got to go to legal aid or something, and at least find out what the law is or take the time to start reading some laws in the given area. Since I know you have a lot of people out there looking for advice, the best thing I could say is start reading the family code. Um, you know, look at rules for the the civil codes of procedure, local rules in your court, and maybe it'll help your case. Uh, it's really good to ask Google a number of questions about stuff like this. Right, and that's Google Justia people can go to, J-U-S-T-I-A, if they yes. need to. You know, and they're probably trying to get rid of your case because of 
I'm thinking, I think they read through everything and they thought, oh, we don't want this cat getting out of the bag. Well, at the bare minimum, if I prevail, and this is proven to be fraud upon the court, it voids the entire case. The county will have to pay me back a bunch of money. If somehow the transcriptionist finally comes forward and says, hey, this is what happened. This is who told me to do this. And this happens to be um, the person up on the bench who I originally started with um, accusing of this because it makes sense the way it was written. Um, if a judge is found to have committed a fraud like this, their entire career becomes suspect. And I mean, she was on the bench 13 years. Um, she's retired now, but they would have to go back and look at all those cases and see if there's impropriety. And that would cost them a megaton of money. And that was a magistrate. But, uh, she was a commissioner appointed oh, by the local judges. That's right. And you also got the fact that that would also in, encompass that she put in fraudulent numbers for federal funding. So is the county on the hook for turning in false numbers for their federal funding? Huh. So um, it, there's a lot of ramifications to if I win. Mm -hmm. um, but as Eric points out plainly, he goes, the integrity of the court is at stake here, mm -hmm. you know? It shouldn't be about this one judge. I mean, there have been judges um, taking the district court, you know, which we're appealing from. Um, the last judge I think that was impeached was Alcee Hastings for taking bribes. And I'm sure they had to go over a whole bunch of cases after catching him. But it happens. You know, that judge or that magistrate or that commissioner, if they're going to make those actions and leave it so blatantly that someone like me come along and pick up the pieces and go here's all the evidence they did something wrong i mean obviously she had a chance to fix it along the way mm -hmm. obviously the county or the state could have come in at this point and said let's sit down and talk settlement this needs to end mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but no they think they can just crush a human being and as you said when you started out the show i haven't seen my kids since 2008 so i have nothing but fight in me and if that wasn't enough to keep me going, the fact that this county wants to make me Sonoma County, California, wants to make an example of me for going this far. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am in the second highest court in the country. Granted, they've dismissed the case at the moment, but we're going to go through the there's various um, avenues that can be um, looked at, like uh, proposing for a rehearing. Uh, there's and bank. There's going to the Supreme Court. Um and once we, you know, get a charge for the transcript, once we have it that this has actually been committed fraud and we have somebody who's in trouble for it, we can then go back and void the lower court's orders and make them, you know, start again and rehear it on its merits. So there's a plan in place mm -hmm. and, you know, we're going to go through the proper procedures and the proper um, civil process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're in this to, you know, prevail. I didn't stick in this fight this long just to, you know, lay down and take it. You know, my kids have spent a lot of time without me. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of damage. It is. So um, I can't even begin to tell you because I haven't talked to them since what? Both kids I saw together in 2008 and my son I saw for one hour in 2012. 
could walk up on them on the street. Uh, my daughter, I would notice because my daughter looks just like me, mm -hmm. but I probably wouldn't notice my son because, you know, last time I seen him, he was uh, his early teens, mm -hmm. you know, and now he's a man and he's, he's like 25 now. So a lot lost because a bunch of people don't want to fix the problem. Right. When, if they would just take the time and nip it in the bud when it first comes up and somebody says, Hey, there's a problem here. Let's fix it. Don't exacerbate it by making somebody like me just fight and fight and fight for years. 21 years is a long time to fight. Mm -hmm. And if they think I'm giving up, well, until I'm pushing up daisies or I see my kids, mm -hmm. that's the only way I'm quitting. Definitely. And, you know, I know you gave other advice, but is there any advice for the listeners who are, are fighting and they come across as fraud on the court and, and they're say they're pro se. And I know you're, you're fortunate enough to have met this attorney to, that's helping you, but what if you're, you're pro se and. As far as fraud on the court, you know, a fraud from the court itself, like, Eric was really clear in teaching me something. I mean, as you well know, I went after Commissioner Fightmaster because mm -hmm. she was the one that was denying me the hearing. And I knew I could prove the fraud, the elements of fraud. And then Eric came along. He says, right, but you don't have her committing it yet. You mm -hmm. haven't proven it anywhere. But what we do have is a transcriptionist who is an officer of this court and she put up her license and she signed the paper and she obviously turned in two different copies. So that we have, we have a firm evidence of the fraud. We just have to go through the proper procedures. So if you feel there's a fraud upon the court, gather your evidence, you know, if you can pay a lawyer for an hour of time just to see, you know, if they'll sit down and look at what you have and give you an honest assessment. Um, I can't say all lawyers are honest, but I know quite a few that I work for that are really good people. Um, Charlie Applegate here in Sonoma County, Chris Andrian, Bob Nellison. Um, I've been lucky to work for a bunch of good people. And I had some really good mentors in this business um, as a process server. I had Jim Baker from Jim Baker Investigations, who unfortunately we lost just, I believe, right at the end of the pandemic. Um, but Jim was a good man. He was a, a retired lieutenant from a, a local police force. And he was then a private investigator and took me under his wing, taught me the ethics of the business I do. Mm -hmm. Um taught me that doing it right is always worth the extra effort. And he made me a better court officer. Mm -hmm. I empathize with people. I don't always assume um, just because somebody's suing somebody doesn't mean either one. You can't judge who's wrong. That's for, that's why it goes to court to decide who broke a law and what needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you can still win. I mean, do you think you can still win? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't do this. I mean, why would I waste time if I didn't think I should prevail? Mm -hmm. I mean, I clearly have evidence of fraud upon the court. And mm -hmm. I honestly don't know why they haven't come to sit down and settle. But they don't. And they want to keep me fighting. And if they haven't figured out after 21 years, I ain't quit until, you know, the settles or I win. It's one or the other. Other than that, failure is not an option. 
and I'm not stopping. I didn't do anything wrong. I should never have lost all this time with my children. And somebody needs to um, cough up for the damages that have happened because of the court. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm so glad I had you back on for this update. I won't keep you too long because I know there's this time difference and it's really early in the morning for you. So yeah, it's five five twenty five in the morning out here in California. It's still dark out. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. I worked an all night shift. I'm so glad you could come on and explain all of this. This will, you know, and I'll have you back on again for for more updates because you know, following. This Thank case. you. You know what? If we could just get people, you know, call into your local representative, and you know, point out that. The federal court dismissing evidence of a crime of the court is unacceptable because isn't our House representatives and our senator representatives, um, you know, there to oversee the judiciary? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been doing this a long time. You talk to a lot of people. What do you say to the court? Um, what did they do? They um, dismissed the judicial notice with all the evidence in it. Doesn't seem right. Uh-uh. And it was unjust. Yes. And by the way, big happy birthday to your dad, 85 oh, today, correct? Yep. Thank you so very much. <laughs> I hope he enjoys his cake. Yes, he'll eat it too. <laughs> I was cake get, it, get it, get him, get him a little, little piece. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy, man. Definitely. Well, hey, you know, keep me posted. And how can people reach you if they have any questions? I can reach me at my email, not to be taken away at live.com. Um, and you can reach me through Marianne Petrie, who I talk to frequently and infrequently. Definitely. Now, I know the last time you left your phone number, do you still want to leave your phone number? Oh, sure. 707 280 and again, thank you for having me on Slam the Gavel and keep on listening. You'll be back, Mark. I totally appreciate it. Don't jump off, okay? Slam okay. the Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marion Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Mark Andrews in the future for more updates and more exciting episodes. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple iTunes, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, you name it. And feel free to donate or buy me a coffee to help support this podcast. And I totally thank you, Mark, for popping on. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.